Thank you so much, Alejandro, for joining me today. Really been inspired just reading about your background and, and, and sort of the origin stories of, of how Alafia started. But let's kind of hear it from, from you and, and kind of take us through the origins of, of the idea of Alafia and maybe just take us through through your sort of, you know, journey before you even started the brand and maybe what that looked like. No, th th thank you, Grain. Uh, and I said thank you because uh, you could have an impact or try to have an impact or positive impact in the community or in the world. Um, but the impact that doesn't go far if we can't share that knowledge. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm thanking you for having uh, this platform to be able to share and to give opportunity for people like us uh, to share our stories, to share our journey, and, and to hopefully uh, inspire others to, to join the what I call the global collective movement. Uh, Amazing. Of trying to, to do good. So th thank you for that. And uh, I feel that you yourself are part of this journey. Uh, you know, my, my, my journey, you know, is an, an ongoing one, really. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a very small border town uh, that's right next to Benin. So if you know West Africa, or if you know Africa in general, you know that the borders in some ways are artificial, you know. Ah. Europeans yeah. decided to sit down back in 1885 in Berlin and uh, divvy up the whole continent uh, without the representations of the people. So we have those artificial borders, uh, but we won't go there. The point is I grew up in, on, in a border town. And why does this matter? It matters in the sense that uh, it, it happened to be a, a route where many people either coming from Ghana or other part of Togo, trying to go through Benin, and then eventually end up in Nigeria for work, right? So mm. because border town, we get to see all kind of all kind of people, uh, and and you know, and, and these also farming communities. So when you're in a border town, you're farming, you're selling and trading. So we're kind of a gotcha. trading in some ways. So I grew up in a farm with farmers, um, and why is this related? Connect to the border is that that's where I, I got to witness what I call the humble beginnings, right? Where, you know, I, I, I thought I was poor. And don't get me wrong, we grew up in these eight by 10 room uh, with eight siblings um, and, uh, in a, and my father has 42 children. But my mother, one thing that always stuck with me and I said this every single day, every day that I wake up, I, I remember this. And, uh, you know, she she will share the little bit of food that we had um, with the people crossing, trying to mm. go to, you know, and, and, and that just really stuck with me. How How is it that you share the little bit that we have? And I have two brothers and, uh, and we're, you know, we're, we're little tall people and uh, you know, I'm six for myself, some 270 pounds and my brothers are bigger than I am. So you can imagine, even as a kid, yeah. so you, when you're thinking out food and giving to, to passing by people as a kid, it does two things to you. One, it makes you feel like, well, my tummy needs it too. The other, it really, it, the essence of, uh, of a humbleness began uh, and the idea of community and share with the strangers began. And I think those were instilled in me. Another thing that really, I, I think, it grew up in the area where I grew up, and now I get to your point about how the brain uh, got started, because everything has a foundation, and the Absolutely. foundation is within your soul, you know? I learned the importance uh, of our cultural heritage through my mother. Uh, we, you know, obviously things that we farm, uh, the knowledge of farming in the traditional manner, but even things that we wear. You can even see me today. I'm, I wear my colors, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
she made us feel comfortable. In fact, I didn't go to a regular doctor until I was about 16 years old. We used traditional herbs and medicines uh, in part because we were poor, we couldn't afford it. And also in part because she believed that those traditional herbs uh, are important. What I'm trying to say is that she, she instilled these uh, important uh, uh, knowledge of indigenous, indigenous way of being. Uh, so I acquired that with a, a sense of humility uh, in the way in which she engaged with her community. And, uh, and I want to tell you, my mother was, uh, she was what you would call a, almost a slave, really, an indentured servant. Mm. Uh, she lost both of her parents and ended up in Benin, where she worked in exchange for food. And came back to my my to Togo, where I'm from, and married, married my father. You know, she is a pretty rough life uh, that she uh, that she had lived, and that's how she ended up having all eight of us because she never wanted to be alone because she has mm. uh, she lost both of her of her parents. So fast forward, uh, I met Rosa, who was a Peace Corps volunteer uh, and an agricultural agricultural Peace Corps volunteer in my village, which is really interesting, right? You, you, there's a, a young girl from America coming to teach us on how to farm, but we're farming. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get into uh, Americanism. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But, nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, but, you but know, hey, something positive came out of it. At you least know, you no can kidding. say that, right? Yeah, yeah. She gave me two beautiful daughters today, and I'm most grateful. And, and uh, I will always be grateful. Uh, you know, by this time, uh, by sixth grade, I dropped out of school, right? Because that's what you do. Work in the farm, and uh, and I met Rose. And uh, how and, how old were you at this at this time? I I, did, I must be uh, 18 years old. Okay. 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 You know, I was I was a young boy. I don't know. Sometimes I still feel like I was still seven <laughs> because I never got a chance to to, uh, to be a teenager. You know, I, when when people talk about being a teenager, what is a teenager? I don't know. I was a <laughs> day one. You know. <laughs> so so she she comes as part of this Peace Corps program to teach what a- agricultural practices? Like what yeah. was the, I guess her mission? I guess at that time. Yeah, so in, in Peace Corps, you have different missions. So you can either be a health volunteer, as they call it, or you could be an agricultural volunteer, or you can be within the education teaching English. Um, yeah. But because she's a chemist, so she was in agriculture, and the idea was to try to help figure out what type of crops are the best crops. And at the time, the Germans were doing a study on fer- fer- fertilizer in my village because we're farming community to see what type of fertilizer to use. Um, and for her to make different recommendations. Uh, but as you can imagine, you know, when you're a farming community, you're not going to listen to some 20-year-old, you know, yeah. young lady from a college just because they, they, they have a, a knowledge on what to do. But, you know, instead, you can, yeah, you, you can't kind of look beautiful. That's, that's good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what were y'all growing? We what was pretty all... much everything. We, we, okay. we grow, we grow uh, cassava, uh, which is called manioc. Um, we grow mace, uh, but the main thing that we really grow, uh, which are native to, to uh, West Africa, uh, is the yams. I mean, those okay. yams can be 20 pound size, and we also grow black eyed peas. And, and, and 99% of these was for internal consumption. So it was okay. for just survival based. Gotcha. Uh, it's hard, you know, I try to be cautious when I talk about grew up in, in poverty. You, you are essentially a surviving on a day-to-day basis and what you're producing, you, you know, you, we may sell some of it. In fact, we keep all the bad ones with all the bugs in it and then we mm. sell the good ones. 
uh, maybe to buy salt, you know, uh, things that we can't grow necessarily. Otherwise, everything else is for, for just survival base, the things that we, con we consume. And, and that too really teaches you on how to count your blessing, to be honest with you today. So I came to the state when Rose came back to the state and uh, went to the community college and, and learned English. You know, uh, I okay. to learn. as you can see, I like to talk. And the idea of not being able to talk was not pleasant to me. Right, uh, right. So I want, I want to be able to talk to folks. I also wanted to learn because at the time I recognized, you know, when I was going to community college to uh, learn English, the lights would be on and then I would have my own seat. And then the teacher shows up and I got thinking, man, you know, back home, <laughs> not only that we don't even have a bench to sit on, we sit on dirt floor. And then the teacher doesn't show up and there's a line, there's all that. All I have to do is just show up and learn. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and that's, yeah. that's it's some a mentality, you know? Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting perspective for sure. Yeah, it really is because the contrast is so vast. In, in yeah. some, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I also wanted to understand America, right? Because mm. I, I, I began to see... I begin to see what I essentially led to the creation of, uh, of the brand of our life here today, how America is governed and how capitalism governs the world. I want mm -hmm. to understand why, how could it be that a place like America, the lights could be on and yeah, we have more resources in America back home and we're so poor. So that understanding led to the critical, in some ways, uh, in-depth uh, understanding of a psychology uh, of economic governance of the world and in particular in America that leads to what I call inequality in some ways or, or, or external sure. cost. I, I, uh, and from community college, I was able to transfer to University of California uh, in Davis where I study organizational theory, which is essentially the study of capitalism um, hmm. and uh, economics and uh, sociology all combined. And that really helped me to really understand the global structure uh, of economic systems and and what produces wealth and what produces poverty and mm. what societies around the world face. But I was mostly interested in women's affairs. When I say women's affairs, I look the world through the lenses of my mother because that's all I know. You know, she right. made sure we see the world through her eyes. And to this day, she has passed away, but I still see the world that way. Now, by by the time I finish uh, at the UC Davis, uh, I really thought that. Okay, what what am I going to do as a person? Uh, and and I'm just telling you, Grant, you, say, uh, you may be young, but at one point in your life, you ask yourself, what are you going to do? What right. what are you going to do in the sense that is it very clear that I that where I came from, things aren't right. Mm. It is also very clear that I can see that while something may be okay in America, there's global inequality. Uh, and I also can see that something's not working, right? Something, why is it that poverty and gender inequality continue to be it just, an, you know, I look again, the way, even the way in which I grew up, why, why? Clearly the idea of so-called aid, uh, I'm not saying mm -hmm. aid is 
good a good thing that there there are times where we should aid others that there are times where we should provide food but i feel like africans didn't need food bags you know africans didn't need handout didn't even even that's not what we need what, what we needed is just a, a fair price for our resources and, and that that's really where the idea and uh, and and the, the concept of alafia really come to which i, I can see around me that nothing is working and so I thought, okay, if nothing's working, what am I going to do about it? I can either just talk about it. Uh, I, can, I can be angry about it. And, and don't get me wrong. So by this time, I begin to have influence or, or, or the, a, a, you know, kind of also understood the feminist movement, uh, the civil rights movement, the, you know, the Algerian, Algerian war, the decolonization project process in Africa in the mm-hmm. 60s, you know, uh, you, you know, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, all these people, even people before then. So I yep. began to, uh, you know, I study all these folks. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to understand certain things about the, you know, the life and the journey of America, American Indians, you know, how, how were their life uh, um, before the Europeans uh, came to this land. Uh, so, I've, and I even look into Fela Kuti and you look at uh, all these different people. Uh, so I was already, I was, I was, I was, uh, it, it was a ball of fire, man. I, I just thought, I, to me, I thought, okay, this is a revolution, you know, we, and I, and I met revolution in a good, in, in a yeah. good way. I, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's blood. different types of revolutions. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. I, I thought it needs to be channeled to some type of a more economic system. Uh, and, and it could that, be, I mean, a business revolution, you know, that's exactly, what, something it could be. Definitely, and that's really how I thought about it. And, and to be honest with you, to this day, that's how I think of Alafia. Think of Alafia as a social movement uh, that, that required collective movement of all people, as I said at the beginning. So, not to lo- lose uh, track, uh, uh, so I, I, I thought if all these different things in the past aren't working, and I knew that something is not right in our society. And we as humans, and particularly uh, folks from Africa, what are we going to do about it? And, and, and what I thought was the key to two things. One is that you need to have a say in what happened to your resources. I feel like mm. Africans will have a say. And, and if you don't have a say on what happened to your resources, either it's pure labor or natural resources. So when I say resources, I'm talking about even human capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we don't have a say. And I felt like that was one of the key issues that is preventing us from getting out of poverty. And the other part of it is that, that I felt that somehow we're just trying to adopt these Europeans' process without taking into account our own traditional knowledge and the wealth of the traditional knowledge that we have we have for centuries and thousands and tens of thousands and millions of years, that all those is not taken into account. So I just thought somehow we need to combine these two worlds, right? Mm, you can't, yeah. you can't, it can't just be one world. I think we need to combine those two worlds. And I and I've and but and also look at the, what is it, what is feasible because the feasibility of what you do was to me was is important. That I'm not, I can't try to do something that I cannot be achieved or mm. cannot be measured. Right. Uh, and 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 so I, I, when I look moms, mothers like my mom uh, back home, and again, you know, Togo was colonized by the French. They can't read or write. Uh, and 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 I'm thinking, well, but they have a tremendous amount of knowledge. We should not be measured by the European. Uh, you know, literature, 
what, what, what can we do with what we have right now and participate in the global economy? Because we have to participate in the global economy. Yeah. Even with our own traditional knowledge. So, that, so those two key things. And I felt too that the idea of gender equality, in my view, there's many ways to achieve it. But in my view, I felt that economic, economic establishment to women that are most disadvantaged is a step toward that. You cannot hand somebody just equality uh, over the over the over the over their neck, and so you have to give them jobs that make sense. And from there, they can determine what they want to do. I mean, I look at my own life. If my mother was able to have just one more penny, you know, we didn't make a dollar a day when I, I was growing up. All this combined, what I want to say is that I thought that revolution is to create an enterprise that essentially will help to mobilize the resources in West Africa, and particularly in my own country, uh, and then put those in the market. But the real goal is how do we mobilize those resources and the, the, the outcome of the mobilizations of those resources can be reinvested back into the community. Because that too is about, this is about equilibrium, right? It's essentially what I was trying to do is a model. One model is how do, let's use the, the knowledge and the resource that we have. And the second part, how do we reinvest that so that the future generations and children like myself at the time won't drop out of school? It's a really simple model, really. Yeah. yeah. But to do it with morality, a lot, you know, now, it's cool to say, hey, uh, I have a cause, you know, you, you, I have this. Alafia is the cause, right? We, we are the, we, we, we essentially sell product to finance the cause because any revolution needs to be financed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, 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 need, you need to pay for it. I mean, look, all the bloody diamonds and everything, even, even wars, anything needs to be paid for. So this form of a revolution in the model that I believe it can uplift the communities, uh, and it has really, you know. I, I think the the and yeah. the beautiful thing is is that it could be funded by consumers rather than funded exactly. by governments or terrorist organizations or you know the illegal sale of firearms or drugs. It's just funded by consumers, right? It, it's, it's 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 simple in, when we say it. It's simple, right? But it's really hard to execute yes. to get the brand developed, to get it made, to get it on the shelves where consumers have the opportunity to participate in a revolution Definitely. that way. It, it, it really, it, you know, where you're absolutely right, is, is uh, not only that it's difficult, it's almost near impossible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you, you can't see my hair and I'm not that old, but I can tell you I've grown some gray hairs. <laughs> We only record, like I said before, we only record the audio, so no worries. Yeah, I only grown a lot of grass. I don't mind. It's fine. It's, it's, you know, this is my life. But it is it, almost near impossible because what what I you know even to start the the organization, right? The you needed money, and we were student, and we were we were living in subsidized student housing. Uh, so you want to start this whole thing. Uh, and why you're still, in fact, you got kicked out of, out of, out of the, the, the dorm because I, I didn't realize that you can't so-called business, you can't do that in a government property. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Where, was, where was that at? Where, where that was, was that? I was in Davis, California. Because oh, okay. First, yeah, we're first incorporating Davis, California. You, you, that they, that, and I, I wanted to be honest, you know, I went to all the student housing, these are what I'm doing. 
And at the time, I was an RA too, you know, residential advisor for the student housing. So I went to my boss, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to leave my job because I, f- I have found a way to uh, contribute to my people and, and to make a world a better place. And uh, she said, you know, I love you, but you realize you can't really be doing what you're doing out of here. You better go tell the student housing to make sure that it's okay. So I went to tell student housing, they said, well, you better pack up because you can't be using the university internet for... <laughs> But what? A, but what a terrible. But what like a terrible way to like deny creativity and deny like like that is the perfect place to do this stuff, right? When you yeah. have young, like, inspirational people oh, create man, ideas I, together, I, like that should be the be best honest, place to do it. Be honest and wanted to tell tell the truth of what, what you're doing. So we end up moving, and you know, remember these subsidized uh, student houses. So when you move, you, you feel the impact, right? It's mm-hmm. like whoa everything's double out here um and, and you know and, and really for the organization uh, i uh, i went to the i was I, I i was fortunate and i said fortunate that the the, the people of california paid for me to go to school they i had good grades so when i transferred to uc davis uh, most of my tuitions were paid for uh, yeah. by, by 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 the people of california and, you know sometimes we forget those things does matter i mean looking now today yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we never see what our tax dollars can do because exactly. a lot of it's wasted. But this stuff like this, we need to see like this is what happens like when tax dollars are used efficiently. Like this, it, it look might- how much impact is created from you as one student. Look how, the, how much impact you have created. Thank you. One, it, it one really stu- right, it's amazing. It, it, it is uh, the return on that kind of investment. Uh, right. So I was very fortunate. I will always be grateful for for, for the taxpayers and people of California. Um, but but you know, it, so I, that what I meant is I had a, a, a ability to use student loans, right? So I yep. I student loan, but that wasn't enough to start the enterprise. Uh, so I won't cut student loans and, uh, you know, I, I pay back. You can't use, you know, you can't use student loans to uh, start a revolution, but I, I, don't need, I needed money, you know? Sure, sure. <laughs> but I, 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 know, I know people use student loans for way worse things, so. <laughs> <laughs> I pay all my student loan back and, uh, I, uh, and, I, and I, pay, I, pay, I pay my taxes. I don't, I don't hide from them. I pay a lot. <laughs> So it's, 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 it's okay, you know, and, but even that wasn't enough. Uh, so I ended up going to a local bank, uh, at, the, at the time they call it the Union Bank of California, mm-hmm. and told the bank, hey, look, I need to borrow $50,000 to add to the student loan to start a revolution. And the lady said, you know, <laughs> we don't fund revolution. <laughs> we can't give loans to revolution. You know, and, and that was, at, you know, that was right after the whole 9-11 thing. So everybody's confusing everything. He said, no, sure, no, this sure, is sure, sure. revolution. And she said, no, you got to go write a business plan. And I said, no, it's not business. It's a social movement. It's a revolution. Then you got to go write one to submit for the loan. Because I just fill out a loan application, you know? Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, but, but we did. We, we so-called the business plan together and submitted. And of course, they're denied. Right? Yep. And, and, and <laughs> I tell you, these, these, uh, I make a joke about this, but it wasn't funny. Because the, the I can understand why we're denied. We, clearly, we didn't have money. So I, I I was thinking, well, the bank would loan you money when you don't have money. But the reality is, you actually have to have money to borrow money. <laughs> There's, but that that goes back to sort of inequality hits 
in different ways. We always yeah. think of if it's just simply being inequality of 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 income and and all these other things, but also just the inequality of opportunity, yes. the, abil- the ability to do something that yes. you are want to do you you don't even have the power to do that right you know no you, you wouldn't no. even have the power to like no no have somebody I, I, believe in you it's, it's so weird man it's such yeah, a weird it, system it's such a weird system and it and, and it's going on even today right we we, we as human we have a, we have a long way to go um and, but i wouldn't give up you know because by this time you have to understand i was when you're young with that much energy Sure. Yeah. The bulldozer, you know, there's nothing that can stop. Can really you're not, stop. You're not taking no for an answer. You're no, just figuring no, out no, a way no, for it to say yes. Yeah. No, yeah. No, Absolutely. No, no. And also, um, even to this day, I feel the pain of how it is to have nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that grinds you. You know, you, you, you. The pain is so, is so tremendous. Even though at the time, may have food and all these basic things. But inside you, your your soul is still in pain. You know, you couldn't just give up. I was actually surprised they didn't lock me up because I would just stand there at the bank. I wouldn't, I didn't want to go back. I would miss my classes. And the lady mm. said, just find somebody that has collateral. And at the time, Rose's uh, uh, brother had uh, had a house in Oakland, California. So when David started from Oakland, California, is by San Francisco. So it's not that far. So I went to him and I told him straight out, word for word. The whole future of Africa lay, lies on your shoulder. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> All you have to do is just sign right here and back up this loan of $50,000. And, um, uh, you know, bless his heart, Sebastian. So how you can pay back? Because, you know, at this time, we haven't created a single product. Nor that right. we haven't started cooperative. We haven't even started. Any, any, it's just an idea. It's an idea. It's, it's an idea that we just need money to, to go start. And and I said, look, I I promise you, if if I'll pay back, if if this doesn't work, I'll get a job. You can draw it directly from uh, from my uh, my my income, but I, I'll get a job I, because I know I'll get a job. I think the worst comes to worst. I clean bathrooms. Sure. I, that's the first sure. thing I did came to US clean bathrooms, and so I, I knew that there's a way to fall back on. And you know, uh, and he uh, and I will always be great. I have so many people to be grateful for, uh, you know. And Sebastian signed, and and they, we got the fifty thousand dollars, and that was uh, in the summer of two thousand three. So I was still in school. I still had one more year left to finish my, my degree. So we started, and we had a baby at the same time too. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing all of it. So you wanted to make it double hard. Oh, you said I want yeah. to start a revolution <laughs> and have a kid. My job, and you know, and then go home and and then and and then start. Um, you know, long story short, I just went back and. But there were core principles of Alafia, and those principles that we must be a majority woman. And the, the critical and most important principle is that we have to have at least 80% of ethnic inclusion within the, the organization. And when I say ethnic inclusion, Togo has about 40 different ethnicities. Mm. And that's ethnicity that end up and typically rules the country uh, doesn't make everybody inclusive. Even the so-called all African, but I think a, a, a inclusion. I wanted to have an organization that by de facto, you don't have the actions of the organization will speak for itself. Right. right? How right. Would I, and, and the last of that is how you construct the organization. And so that, and it's, in order to do that, we have to be in the central Togo. And that's also where I was looking at the feasibility in terms of the resources. That's where we have the knowledge uh, of a woman like my mother, have knowledge on, on how to make share better. And also, I was, I was really 
uh, concern about those who were born during the colonial period of time that as women that were not given opportunity because men were, were given preference to go to school. So you have to be at the age of over 50 and so on. So there were all these kind of criteria to form so-called this cooperative, this entity, this organization. And, and that wasn't easy, uh, to be honest with you, because I didn't really, I was so, so excited. And then when I go to various communities, everybody's like, no, why do we believe, why should we believe this young guy? You know, because yeah. I'm, I'm saying, we can, you know, this fair trade, you can get fair wages. We can sell all these things in America. Americans will be happy. You know, you can be happy. We get to keep our culture. Uh, and I'll show up in Moped, you know, and they, the folks are used to show up in Land Cruisers and stuff. So it, it, I can see why it, it would be difficult. But long story short, I end up, we end up with a 16 or so woman that said, look, let's give it a try. And I can tell you today we have a quarter million of people in West Africa uh, that either directly or indirectly participate in, uh, in you know, collecting and making the different uh, oils and butters that go into Alafia wow. uh, over those years. Uh, and here in Olympia, Washington, we have our own facility, you know, so it's, these are our American jobs as well. And so it's been, it's been a journey. When you first maybe meet somebody or, or just, just talk about what Alafia is, right? And I know it has a lot of different parts, and this, but it's very dynamic in, in everything it does, right? But at its core level, you know, what is, what is the brand, right? What does it do? What does it provide? I think to me, you, you know, when I think of Alafia, it simply is, is a lifestyle of a way that fulfills every part of your life. What, what I mean by that is that Alafia provides the basic that you need to be mm. healthy. And the health is important. I mean, the basic you need to be healthy is soap, mm. right? I mean, even look today, we've been in pandemic. What do we need to do? We need to so, wash up. Yeah. Uh, so Alafia provide that, those basic needs of, of, or basic necessity to maintain the health. But also it gives the health in terms of not having a product that's full of chemicals. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then, and I would say Alafia provides hope, really. These are about, because we alone cannot change and make the world what are to be. But what we can do is create foundation and create a sense of hope so that others can build on that hope. And, and I, so to me, Alafia is, hope, hope, is a hopeful organization that has only and only one objective, to positively contribute to humanity, all humanity. Did you know when you were going to start the company that it was going to be sort of a like a health and beauty brand, like, you know, soap and, and, and oils and shampoos, is that from the beginning, did you knew it wanted to be in that sector of, of business? No, no. I, I, uh, what I did know for sure, I wanted to remember, I talked about uh, visibility. I wanted to use resources that we have knowledge, right? right? Not, we don't need to do import knowledge. And I wanted to participate with resources that are also eco-friendly. Eco-friendly to me means that they grow wild. They, mm -hmm. they we don't need to fertilize them. We don't need to, uh, you know, use uh, uh, pesticides and so on. So those were kind of the key uh, basis uh, for me. And then when we start making just uh, the feasibility of it, remember, fifty thousand don't go too far. It, go uh, real, it grows real quick, yeah. You know, and um, to start with that, because I didn't want to get investor. To me, the yeah. investor will prevent you from doing what is is right by the society. It, that was just the mentality. Investors sure. Gonna help. 
grow too. Nothing wrong with investors. You just find the right investors. Uh, but I don't think any investor will want to give you money for, for social revolution. But that was really the, the thought. But when we, we start making just the butter, right? Just okay. the oil. And we're selling, at the time, we, went, we wanted to just sell them in bulk. I, I couldn't imagine making a shampoo. You know, shampoos are a little complex. Sure, Conditions sure. Complex. Lotions are complex. Um, but oils themselves are not complex. They don't need preservative. They don't need anything. So we're just selling just just the, the oils. But I knew quickly that that was very unstable. So within one year into it, I, I quickly, kids have to remember, I cannot fail. You know, I made promises. Mm-hmm woman back home um mm. that's what we were we we had to go to the library you know and get a book on how to make lotion we had to we had to make soap and how to we know how to make soap traditionally the black soap uh, here in america in our garage by that time we moved to olympia washington and uh and, you know live in this mobile home and using the garage as a, a place and i just go to the yeah. street fair yeah. and from the fairs uh you know so we can add some lavenders and patchouli to this that sounds good that's that's some hippie product here let's do that <laughs> <laughs> and, and and learning with Rose as we go, and uh, you know, and start going to lo- local stores and our local co-op. Co-ops are the backbone of Alafia today. These wow. small fast stores are the backbone, and go to chain stores, and then uh, step by step, you know, go into Whole Food and build from there. Then we're we're one either number two or number three or sometimes number one uh, brand within the Whole Foods market nationwide. Wow. Today. But it's just step by step, and and it, 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 so the lotions and the shampoo and personal care became because of survival. Because of necessity, uh, and, and knowing that just selling raw oils are not stable enough to maintain the promises that 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 I've made back home, I had to go to the finished product. But to be honest with you, the the, the margins or the money is in the finished product, is not. Mm. In the, and if you need to fund, the, the, remember the power of models to fund the future. Uh, and in order to fund the future, you have to invest today. You need money to do all of that. And when you sell finished product, there's more money into it than when you just sell raw material. When you first started mm-hmm. and you went to mm-hmm. to the women, right? And you said, hey, we actually got you know, money. Let's, let's start making things. How, how many women were we talking about then? And now how many sort of women are we talking about now? So the, I, I visit, remember I wanted to do ethnic inclusion, right? So I visit hundreds and hundreds of uh of uh, different communities, but only 16 at a time, uh, these 18 years ago, have agreed to participate. Because, okay. you know, you have, to, you have to look at it from their perspective. Throughout their whole life, they've been lied to, mm. right? It was first slavery and it was colonialism. Mm-hmm. And we have all our leaders that, you, that it's very hard to trust today. So when somebody shows up, a young boy shows up right. and says, look, I'm gonna make your life better. It's, it's just hard to believe, to believe yeah. the person. Um, you know, but I, I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see it that way. I didn't give up. So it was about 16. And and today, collectively, because we're working more than one country, uh, there's a quarter million uh, of people in West Africa that depend on our life here today. Wow. Incredible, bro. That's that's an insane to think about, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> you have to build, right? And you can't give up. I'm always looking at branding as as very important. Right. Mm-hmm. And your branding is, is beautiful at this point, Thank but I'm sure along the way it has gotten to this point where it's 
at now. So when you were sort of early on, like you said, making those jars, selling them at the street market, how did you go? Like, was there any labels on them at that point? And then like at what point in the system, you're like, okay, we need to make like, like labels, have colors, like have our yeah. like, like, <laughs> Well, I, Those I, little things matter, I, you know. You don't I, think about I was it. Like, so much. I was like colors, but you know, I, I, at the time, I, I didn't even, I didn't even understand FDA. I only understood FDA because FDA, you know, controls personal care yes. too, body yeah. care, like just like drugs. But I, we had our own ink jet printer, you know, and we print. I didn't know what UPCs, UPCs meant. And, and when we did understand the UPCs, we will print the same UPC for the same product. So the <laughs> Of two different senses, right. uh, the scanning, you know, in the store is the same, but they're different. So, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a long, it was a learning. But you have to understand, we didn't even have so-called branding. I mean, this idea of branding it was. Yeah. Uh, what is branding? I, I, I to, to me, I have product and I have a, I have a mission, and I got to fund my mission. I got to sell the product, and 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 uh, you know, to be honest with you, it wasn't even two years ago that Lafayette has a so-called a, a marketing department. We we were just going, man. We were just going, yeah. and and it's it's a lot of learning. So at the beginning, we just print the label and put the name of what it is on it. <laughs> wait, wait. I wanted to go back what you said about uh, getting in stores. Because I think when I talk to a lot of founders and, and just individuals in general want to create brands, right? And they need, they want to get in. And you, you could sell online, right? That's a big, direct-to-consumer is big now, right? But it's still so valuable to getting these Whole Foods or getting these retail locations. Talk about that process and, and what that was like to go from, right, the farmer's market selling it to then being in Whole Foods, right? Like, yeah. How difficult it, was that? Was that like what was that process like? You know, I I think is uh, is it's still hard today, right? Because yeah, yeah, you can't go even today. You can't just go online and get a phone number or contact right for of those major retailers for Walmart for Target. It's a very controlled environment and controlled market. And and you talk about online, and I, I'll answer your question. I at the time we weren't thinking about online. I remember when I was in college, I wrote a paper about Amazon, how they were losing money at the time, right? Yeah. How that. Model don't make sense, you know. <laughs> so the the whole e-commerce thing was not a thing. But what I did, and you have to remember, it was really important for me the Lafayette product are in the store, a physical, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. I meant by that is that. I wanted to show the world that African-based ingredients, African knowledge can compete with, mm -hmm. at, the, at, the, at the same level, even better than the European product. So being in the stores, being there, it was also a driver. It wasn't just about money. It was also demonstrating the possibility of what we can do. Remember, this is all about movement, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, it, what I did is that, I, to be honest with you, just step by step. So when I got into the co-op, it's a lot easier to get into the co-op because the co-ops are somehow happy in a sense, you know, these 18 years ago. Mm -hmm, and when mm -hmm. your product is true, you, you can tell that this is, this is a healthy product. And, and not only that, I was doing myself. I was doing the selling. And I, was, I can say, look, I know where it come from. I know right. Right. where it come from. We made this. We didn't buy and sell. We made this. So the ethics yeah. are, are, you know, is right there. 
So the, the, the co-ops were able to pick, start picking up the product and the process were learning. But the chain store, the, the, the chain store when I say chain stores, it's stores that have more than one or two or three locations. This has become a little bit more difficult. They want to yeah. know, are you can do demos? You know, mm-hmm. are you going to spend money on an advertisement? Are you going to print here? How people can know about you don't. Nobody knows the name. Why would I want to sell something that the community doesn't know about? So I was just, I said, look, I can't print, I can't pay money for anything, but what I can do, I can tell I can be there in person. Everybody that walked in that store, I can put a lotion or I can put a butt on their hand. They can feel it. It was, it was literally like that. And I would just be on the road, man. I'll be wow. traveling store to store all the way to Los Angeles and Washington, back and forth. Every single store at the time that had our product, I'll be in that store. And all I can do is if you bring this in, I could, I'll be there to demo it. I'll talk to customers directly. It was word of mouth. It was physical. Wow. It was there. You know, it was, uh, it, it, you, you're right. I, I was rarely home. Uh, I was hmm. always on the road. And for Whole Food, I'll write letters. I write letters uh, and then we start having bro- brokers uh, and I write letters and I write honest, true letters. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I think you should carry this. Mm. And, and, and I remember, you know, you know, Whole Foods divided in 11 different regions. You could go to global or you can go to a region. Of course, we didn't have the muscle to go to global. So we went to the, uh, the region and in the, re- the regional, uh, you know, they, we were denied. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. The, the, the guy who denied us ended up working for a lot here. So they <laughs> <laughs> said our labels look ugly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> back back to the brain yeah back to the brandy now that's yeah. that's what it says not a problem yeah, I mean. said our labels look ugly let's look up to the standards and he and he, you know all of that okay. so what do i do the next year i try to improve the next year i try to because we're designed these ourselves we can't pay designers right you know and and we didn't even have a so-called brand book so what do you design to to nothing you're designed blindly yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and then you know a different lady who also today's works for Alafia. Yeah. Uh it wasn't, you know, it was it wasn't by design. That's she, great. She, yeah, she, <laughs> she's, she's, she's been with us for the last 10 years or so. And uh, and uh, she she has she's, you know give it a chance. But we'll, we'll do what's called optional. Optional approval. Optional mm. approval at the time of Whole Foods means that we can put it in the system, but you have to sell it to individual stores. Gotcha. So at the time individual stores made their own decision. Uh, yeah. it, it, so hopefully as you know a lot has changed. And, and we're a global partner now. So we do everything centralized. But then, you know, guide in the car and go from store to store because now it can scan, it's in the system and just uh-huh. sold what we had uh, and just sold store by stores. And then, you know, and then go to a different region. I, I proved myself in one region that I can do you know, make them money. And it, you, you have to be thinking, you can never say make money for ourselves. You have to think making money for whole foods, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. But when you have that mentality and you understand, and I quickly start, start to study the whole food culture. And I think that's very important. You talk about branding, you, yeah, you have to understand your own organization culture and you got to create your own culture. But you have to understand the culture of those that you sell the product to. Right? Mm-hmm. Those who buy a product, how they're organized, how do they treat their people, yeah, and, and the psychology behind the founders of those enterprises, what governs them, what, what matters the most to them. So all those were very important. How do you create loyalty? How do they know that you care about it? Because you have to align with their values as well. And and and, and you have your own values. Yeah. So I, you couldn't just go and just sell to just anybody because you got to maintain the integrity of your own value. Uh, and at the, at the same time, well, I was learning output and production. I, I, to be honest with you, I'm more of an operation person than I am more of a brand person. 
I, I can produce, I, I can organize and produce things. And, and now <laughs> I'm, I'm learning how to, I'm learning how to think, to think and operate in a brand uh, mentality. So that's, uh, and from there, from region to region, and, and eventually in 2008, there was a time where the economic crisis were happening. And uh, I went to Whole Food Global in Austin and said, hey guys, look, you know, the, the Lehman Brothers and all these big, big banks are failing. Everybody, you know, the world's chaos, man. They, let me make a product for you that's cheap because there's a simplicity in that, that, that I think we're overlooked. When mm. the economy is bad, when Americans are panicking, what do they do? They want to buy cheap product. They don't, they don't want to spend too much money. Even though everything's okay, they want so it's like, look, I create a product and I and we can we can come up and, and sell you nine, you can retail 999, 32 ounce lotion and shampoo. At the time, the cheapest lotion in the whole food was about $18. So wow. I offer that to you, we'll make zero money. All I care about is keeping the mission going, keeping the ladies going. Yep. And that gave us the opportunity to go national all at once. Wow. Uh, hopefully they grew with the idea and we went national and we built and keep building and keep building and keep building to this day. I want to go back to something you said. Uh, you mentioned fair trade earlier. And there's so many different thoughts on, on fair trade, but I want to get your perspective on it and maybe what it has brought to the community that you see it affects and maybe what are the positive benefits of fair trade. So when a consumer looks at that, they, they kind of understand what that means versus you know, a company or brand who doesn't do it that way. Maybe yeah. just talk a little bit about fair trade and maybe, you know, the positive aspects of it and maybe some of the negatives, maybe the, what can be improved. First, with Alafia, we, do, we don't lead with fair trade. And, and, and the reason why I say that is that fair trade alone cannot right. move the needle the way that I need the needle to move. Mm -hmm. Because what is fair trade? It's really... <laughs> fair trade is saying, is, look, is it minimum wage almost right it's just yeah, kind of saying it's, exactly. it's, yeah saying, look, you know instead of having colonialism where we take all your resources for for nothing now we're going to pay for it a little bit and then we're going to say we're being fair yeah uh, but are we really paying enough for people to really truly get out of poverty uh, it, for all folks out there don't get me wrong fair trade is the way to go yeah I'm, but that, that that's the foundational that's like base got, level yeah, you got, yeah, you got to have that foundation because if you don't have that, what you have is the slavery, right? exploitation. So you got to have those foundation. And fair trade also, you know, does bring about the importance of working conditions, which I think is really important. You know, it, it doesn't just look the income; it looks the you know mm. what kind of gotcha. conditions working on. And and I think that's very important. Even look the income ratio to the top to the bottom. All of that is important. It's not just being fair; you have to be fair trade certified. I think that people are to think about. Right? Mm. Anybody can claim fair trade. Anybody can say, uh. fair "Is it certified?" Uh, that's what we need to look at. And you know, and for us, we we employ fair trade because it is part of the model. It's not the only key ingredient of the model. It's just part of the model. But but the the other aspect of it, you know, in personal care, there's not very much fair trade. I I, I believe we're the first one when it comes to personal care. You know, you think about uh, mm. fair trade, like coffee and cacao and all that stuff. You're not thinking about lotion, shampoos, really. Mm. You know, but we but that, that was important for us at the time to be able to show the ethics in the supply chain because the abuses that happen in the supply chain. So to me, how do I communicate to the consumers that these lotion, uh, it does not uh, have, uh, you know, the essence of uh, abuse in the process, you know, but, but I think if I were to 
criticize any form of uh, 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 the concept of, of a fair trade is that the certifying bodies are not in Africa. I'm talking about Africa, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. uh, it, it, different countries may be different. Yes, they have the officers and the inspectors on the ground are Africans and so on and so forth. But the owners of those certifying bodies are not in Africa. And I, and I think that's a problem. I think that to certify, you know, resources come from a place that you got to be on the ground. The owner, the, the, because the rules needs to be developed in, in accordance to the society. And when the rules have been designed in Europe, they don't always take into consideration uh, the social norms. I'll give you one little example, even with okay. us. Yeah. They, they, with Alafia, when we, we first had our fair trade inspection, they, they, they one thing is, well, you can't, you can't have your woman bring their babies to work, uh, right? By European standards, you can't bring your babies to work because <laughs> that's child, child, child labor, also, you know, you bring children. But for our model, why should we deny mother to have a baby, to have you know, the baby to have her food or his food or his milk when he needs to? Why yeah. do we want to physically separate a mother, you know, from right. the love it has for the baby just because yeah. the mother wants to work? You know, uh, yeah, of course, it has to be a condition where it's safe for the baby. Uh, and also, that's, and we couldn't do that. To this day, we can't actually. Uh, it yeah. was forbidden to do that. Uh, but at the beginning, I was like, yeah, bring your baby. You know, we even have a whole daycare. The whole thing was working. You know, it, it was working just fine. And moms can bring their baby. Uh, but but, but also, also, you know, we were, we were just wearing our colors, wearing our traditional outfits, the traditional setting. And it, or the, one of the recommendations was, well, you have to have uniforms in these. That one I stood up, I said, definitely not. Right? You can serve us or you can right. pack up back to Europe because we we're not going to compromise on our, on our culture and give up our color that, that, that that's non-negotiable we need to be comfortable and the ladies need to be comfortable in in what they what they wear so again imagine if those who are developing the rules in in fact when we first got certified there was no rule that were or, or, or standards that were set for the shea butter there were standards mm. set for the cacao there were standards set for for coffee, there was no, gotcha. they, they, apparently there was not enough abuse that was reported in the Shia trade, but that's nonsense. There's abuse in every major resources yeah. that was yeah. in the world, you know? I want to talk about the women uh, like a little bit more and, and maybe not just the women, but the community in general and, and sort of what happens, right? When consumers come along the revolution, so to speak, right? And buy from Alafia or, or other really mm -hmm. good brands out there right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i want to you know because not every consumer can can go to to the community right in africa and that's see right. the, the impact right that's but right. like can you maybe just give some insight and explain like what happens to a community when consumers dive in with them and believe in in, in the company right the brand and they put their dollar into it talk about the changes that happen within a community you know that it affects them right in, in, in a positive way like what, what happens yeah. to a community when you know, you sell a lot of product, right? Like, how does yeah, that change lives and change generations? Maybe definitely. You know, even before selling a lot of a lot of product, I, I think uh, it benefited the, the consumers just as much as it benefit the producers or mm -hmm. all those buying the product. And I and I'm saying this because what it does is that it's giving a, an ability, a vehicle for an individual to positively contribute to the world while they're going out about their life the normal day yep 
Yep. You know, it, because not all of us can be jumping around and, and you know, grouping people. We all have to raise our kids. Yep. We have to go to work. Some has to be doctors. Some have to be nurses. Some have to be teachers. But what they buy and what they consume, if that it can impact the community, then is 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 a fulfilling journey, right? For 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 themselves, particularly if the product is healthy uh, for for for, de- for themselves. So it's an ability to contribute, and I think that's very important because you need you need you need a critical movement. You need a collective, and you can't. It cannot only be what is happening in Africa. It is about the world, right? The world got to move together. And, and the consumption is, that's why governments and different entities, I don't think is the way to go. I think individuals coming together, consuming one product or various product uh, can lead to a critical life-changing impact forever without having to set foot on the ground. Mm. Uh, and and on, on another side, uh, what it does is that it, 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 it changes the lives. I mean, I can only speak for Alafia. Uh, yeah. I know that today, because of the creation of Alafia, we, one in, in five child that's born in the central Togo is fully paid for by Alafia. You know, otherwise, uh, 130 women will die by giving birth. Just think about that. So one yeah. in five, uh, because of the what America is, is, is buying from Alafia, is able to essentially save a human life. This year alone, uh, we have 800 women and we have 501 babies born and not a single mother died, not a single baby died. I mean, you can't tell me that you can put a price to a human being's life, right? So the impact, and, and collectively to this day, we have funded over 8,000 women. And this, there's an important here, it's not just about death that's wrong, but it is also you is is reducing poverty and why Mm -hmm. the reason why is reducing poverty is when your mother died in the communities where i come from the likelihood that the rest of the other children will go to school is unlikely so they Mm -hmm. drop out and what happened Mm -hmm. the cycle of Mm -hmm. poverty continued so the prevention of the mothers dying by giving birth given to the conditions of the poverty levels uh that prevention is actually reducing poverty and it's immoral i really i said this every day it's immoral for human to die for for, for basic things that we shouldn't have to die for. Uh, and then we will look at the other impact. Alafia has more than 10,000 bicycles in distribution that are collected in the Pacific Northwest, uh, here, you know, here in the US uh, for girls to go to school, you know, I, I, because I know how it is to walk to school myself. Uh, so now instead of having a girls dropout, we have 90% drop, uh, retention, over, over 90% retention simply by having a bicycle uh, in the secondary school. So, wow. For the girls, and that, that's a tremendous uh, impact. Same with trees. We plant close to 100,000 trees today, uh, and then we distribute more than 30,000 eyeglasses so that folks can see. Yeah, you know, it, it, the list goes on, and you may wonder, well, why, why are we touching every aspect? Because that is what the movement is. You have to be touching every driver of society, mm-hmm. the health, the environment, and the education. Yep. And then you have the economic component. The com- economic component is buying, making butter, making soap. That's the economic part. And then those other drivers are necessary to invest in for the future. And, and I think that, you know, you see a lot of organizations that say, well, I do these. Well, it's wonderful. Yeah, you can build one well so that you can have social calls. But the, the, the truth is you've got to have, in my view, if you truly want to change people's lives, you got to have more than one program. And that program needs to be an ongoing program. And it has to be consistent. Because the worst thing you can do to a community is give a false promise. That is, I do this this year, mm-hmm. yeah. see you again, 
but I get to put my packaging that I'm doing something good. You, it has a false promise that is something that the community cannot rely on. But also, I think that our impact as an organization must be measurable. So in order to have them measurable, you need to, to conduct them over a long period of time. And then, then you can see the accumulative impact, accumulative effect. And that's what I feel does. For, for 17 years, all these programs that I talk about, we have stayed consistent and there's a team on the ground that implement and also measure it every single year. And you see that on our bottom, uh, we're the only organization in the U.S., as far as I know, that every single year we'll print and report the exact amount of community contribution that we do. Not in terms of dollars, but what is even more important in terms of, in terms of numbers, if it's the number of trees that we planted, if a number of women that we have contributed to their health is printed, is, is a public knowledge. And I think that's important. That's also public accountability. You can't yeah. just do things for social cause and say, I'm doing good, but what good are you doing? You got to report it. If the, mm-hmm. if the people are buying the product and they should also know where their money is going. Thank you so much for your time, my man. I want to end on last question is, is about the future. And I think what, what success, you've already had great successes in, in a lot of different areas. As you look maybe, you know, five years down the line, even 10 years down the line, what are some of the goals and successes that you want a Lafia to to achieve or as a, as a brand, as an organization, what do you see that look like? What do you hope it looks like when you, when you look at, uh, you know, your vision uh, about things? Usually it seems like your vision really comes to fruition a lot. So, right, so let's look at a decade down the line. What are you thinking about? Thank you, Grant. Uh, you know, life organizations, organizations, uh, sometimes they can have shortcoming then up and down. Uh, but what I would consider, like you said, uh, the outlook, the positive one. There's two parts to it. It's not something that you, you can answer as one vision. Uh, the first part is that the Alafia must continue the impact that it's doing today. So the vision is what it is, because we know now that it's yeah. working. We know that, yeah. you know, so that must continue. So, but when I look forward, not only in terms of uh, innovations, uh, product are re- relevant to the to, to the need of the community around the world, not just America, uh, to continue on those innovations. But even more importantly, is to me, the, is other organizations, other entities, uh, to, to not just in Africa but also here in the U.S. to adopt the Lafia model, which is mm-hmm. essentially. It's a business model. You can make money, but you have moral sense that you also contribute to your community. And, and, and I think that to my vision, my hope, and at least as a legacy, is, is that we can have more and more organizations uh, like Alafia when I look 10 years down the road or even five years. I wanna, one more uh, question. I'm sorry. I, I want to tell That's you. okay. I, I always, I, I think about when we, you know, we talk about the American consumer, right? We talk about the European consumer. What about sort of the... African consumer, right? Do, yeah. Do you have do do people in Africa like the brand as well, right? You always look at like you're selling the story and the vision to you know American consumers, right, or, or other yeah. consumers. But like, does it resonate with with African consumers, right? Does it does it resonate there? Certainly, uh, and you know, one thing that uh, we we can begin doing and uh, uh, next year is actually distributing a Latvia product within the continent. Wow. Um, but that's just the product. But we, Alafians consume in two different ways. We're, I'm, I'm talking about real consumption. So in, the, in, in America, uh, Australia and South Korea, all the places that we're, we're very strong, 
the consumption of Valafia is really about, here's a product that's healthy for me, that's doing good in the world. But today, within the West Africa, the consumption of Valafia is naturally, is more psychological. It's more of, a, it represents a sense of hope. Mm. It's been consumed. I, I can mean we can use our indigenous ways to be part of global market. That's okay. You know, we can, we can uh, make our own product and then we can invest and build schools ourselves. But right? it's right. a psychological, it is a psychological consumption of hope. That is what I fear represents within the West Africa, uh, not the actual tangible product because we're demonstrating that it's possible. Well, I appreciate it so much, my man, for taking the time. This was uh, a beautiful conversation. And uh, I, I just, I love hearing, you know, these, the stories of business, right? The stories of like how we look at capitalism different, you know, and, and, and how it can be done differently. Yes. You know, it, it, it's not all no. evil of capitalism, which no. that part does exist, right? But Definitely. there's this whole other part that is sort of being missed that the opportunity of if we use if we have visionaries like you and others thank you look at it differently of the power in it think about what we just said like a consumer in olympia washington can buy a product off a shelf that could impact a life in west africa definitely right? like that's that's insane right that's incredible that's a but great it's possible it's, it that's is. what i'm saying it's, it's so possible and it's 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 being done, man. And it just, I, I just love it, man. This is, this is what it's all Thank about, you. right? Thank you. And that's the way it should be. And, and, and uh, I just, I, I said this at the beginning and I'm going to say again to also thank you for, you know, to give us the opportunity to express what we stand for, what we're trying to do. It's not an easy journey. Uh, and, 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 you know, and you, you bring the world together and we need that too. We need a group. We need to glue all these together. So thank you for doing that. And for folks out there that are listening is also to say that it's not an easy journey, but that doesn't mean that you can, you, you cannot do it. If you have an idea, you should, ex, you should do it. You should explore it. Uh, but let it come from your heart because once it's coming from your heart, there's nothing that can stop you. You can't fail. You can only learn when it comes from your heart, man. So, so thank you for the inspiration, man. And best of luck thank the you. next year thank and the next decade, the next 50 years, my man. Just uh, thank, keep thank the vision you. alive and, and keep grinding. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. I'll, I'll be grinding. There's no doubt about that. 